So topic four is just my way of saying how I see every information together. Because I like to switch from bird eye view, like seeing everything all at once, and then going deep into one tree and seeing what's on the tree, what's the information I store in that tree. So it's my way of making information fun and digestible. Welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast with Brian Collins. Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers. What does it take to build up a career on the side as a writer or as an author? And is a newsletter the way to do it? Hi there, my name is Brian Collins and welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast. In this week's interview, I catch up with Charlene Wang, who's a product manager at Google. In other words, she's got a really busy, demanding day job. But at the time of recording this interview, she was also in the middle of launching her new book, Model Breakers, and she's running a popular newsletter on Substack called Living OS. Last year, Charlene set herself a goal of writing 200 articles in 200 days, and she's so far exceeded that goal. And it's fantastic to hear about another writer who's managing to build up a side hustle also while working a day job, because the simple fact is sometimes it just doesn't make sense to quit your job, at least not quite yet, because it's going to be stressful and difficult to write or to work on a creative project if you're worrying about paying the bills. Now, what I did when I was working as a copywriter for the software company Sage is I'd get up early in the morning before work and I'd write for maybe a half an hour or an hour in the morning time before starting the job. And if I did that four or five days a week, then that was enough to you know, publish a series of articles on Become a Writer Today or to work on chapters for a book. And occasionally I'd you know, flip it the way around and work in the evening too. But basically it either meant making sacrifices about not watching something on television during the week or going to bed a little bit earlier so I could get up early in the morning. So I guess it was something that I had to want because otherwise how am I going to get up at 6am and you know, tell myself now it's time to write. Now many writers do like waking up early to write because it helps them put their creative work first before the demands of the day take over and that's something that was true for me because I found if I tried to write after a commute I'd be exhausted and the quality wasn't very good. Now since the COVID-19 pandemic a lot of us are working at home anyway so we probably have a lot more free time or at least you've had a taste of what free time looks like and you've eliminated the commute so that's a good opportunity really to see if writing on the side in the morning time or in the evening time could work for you. Charlene eliminated her commute and she used her free time in the mornings to write and also free time in the evening after work. Another one of my key takeaways from this interview is Charlene's writing process. She describes some of the writing tools that she uses, including Rome Research, which isn't really a tool I've talked about much in Become a Writer today, but it's rapidly becoming a popular research tool for nonfiction writers and one I encourage you to check out. And Charlene explains it, how it helps her nonfiction writing workflow. She's also a big fan of Notion. Notion is another writing tool, but it also does a few other things like CRM and organizing ideas and project management. For me, I found it a little bit overwhelming, but I know it's very popular with some people. And Charlene also explains how it helps her with her drafts. Charlene's preferred service is Substack for her newsletter. And we talk a little bit about Substack versus ConvertKit, which is the email marketing tool I use. Now, if you enjoyed the show, you can, of course, leave a short review on iTunes. You can share the show on Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever you're listening, which I'd really appreciate because more shares will help more people find the show. And if you really, really, really like it, you can support it on Patreon for just a couple of dollars a month. And I'll give you discounts on my writing courses, software, and books. Now, let's go over to this week's interview with Charlene Wang. So, Charlie, you've done something that I was doing last year, which is you were writing or you are writing on the side while you're working a day job. Uh, yeah. when I, before I hit record, I was saying that I, I was, used to work as a copywriter for a British software company, Sage. So I get up in the morning and write articles before work. And that's what you've done over the last year or so. 
So fascinated to hear. How did you write 200 articles in 200 days? What was your secret? I think the secret is not having a goal. So when I first started, I had a lot of things. I have a lot of things in my note that I just wanted to get out. And a background that could be helpful is that I have been wanting to write for five years. And I haven't been able to write in the first four and a half years. So it's a lot of desire, a lot of notes I just want to get out. And during the pandemic, I have commute time freed up. So that extra three hours every day just gave me the momentum to say, if not now, when am I going to get this notes out? So it's almost like I was at a tipping point. That I just really want to write, even though there is no audience. And I would say the first couple of days, there is really no audience. I was on Medium. I don't think anyone knows who I am. I just write. And I didn't even share it anywhere. I just published it for the sake of publishing because I love doing that. And for some reason, the algorithm, the recommendation-based system worked out. So people started to see my blog. They resonate. It's pretty concise and to the point, which is pretty much how I like to talk and live. So I just started to experiment a bunch of different things. So I think writing to me is always a method, either for me to get out my thoughts or to try out new hypotheses I have in my life. Uh, and now also to connect with people who I grew to love and found on the internet. So so yeah, it's, it's my excuse to enjoy life, basically. I was reading through some of your articles and I can see a theme emerging over the 200 days. Would you be able to give listeners a flavor for the types of articles that you were writing? Yeah, so it changed a lot, but I can start from like what I have covered. I started from relationship advice to life hack, career hacks, and then I transitioned to personal growth. And there's a couple of reasons why, but like the TLDR is that personal growth is something that I'm really interested in how people think, how do we make sense of emotions, how what's the power of breathing, you know, like all everything about personal, physical, mental health, wellness is something that I'm deeply, deeply passionate about. So now I just focus on that entirely. I also touch about writing a lot. How do you create more? How do you get beyond your fear? So if ever you feel like there is something stopping you and you don't know why, that's usually what I'm writing about. I want to get down to the why, get down to the emotions that we we couldn't label yet. At what point during the 200 days did you decide to set up your newsletter, Living OS? I want to say it's either 88, day 88 or day, yeah, I think it's day 88. So it's actually, so every day I write, I am revisiting my hypotheses because like writing, you need to have a reason. Otherwise it doesn't work. So it's a pretty easy way for me to test ideas that didn't work. And I test out a bunch. I decided to do Substack because A, I love the interface. I just love to write in a pretty editor. Uh, that's number yeah, it's one. Ver- it's very easy to use. Yeah, very easy, very, very simple. The other one is I want to connect with my audience beyond just like, I don't really know what's reading my piece before Substack because I don't have direct relationship with any of my audience. It's on the platform. Then I want to see, okay, so if I were to share some links with them, if I were to reply to the questions, email is just a classic but reliable way. And that's why I use Substack. I'm still on it uh, today. I love loving it. There's some things I have complained about, but still loving it. So that's when that happened. Living OS, though, I think started before Substack. Uh, my friend actually named it for me because they were like, you're writing about life. Why don't you call the life operating system, which is Living yeah, OS. Great title. Great title. <laughs> yeah, because Life OS was taken. So uh, the only option we have, but I think it's more lively. And that was around day 40, 50 when... I have so much essay that I just want to organize under a name. And that's what Living OS came about. 
I was reading one of your articles. You said that it's like an oak tree and that it's constantly changing and evolving. Yes, yes. I think oak tree is why, because I think that that means it's really long. And that's really how I see my writing career or how my passion career. It's it's a life's work. And I think I pick life because I will always be growing and changing. So I will never run out of topic. And every day, right? I think I, I still write daily, even though either privately or publicly. And I think that muscle just made everything else in my life a lot more efficient. Like I can talk more concisely. I work more effectively. And I can also create more easily because writing is the tool to just put my ideas into the world. Are you writing in the morning before you start work or in the evening time afterwards? Usually after work or in between, like during the breaks. So in the morning, I reserve to meditation, reading. I really try to have a calm way to get into my intuition. And then during the day, I notice stuff. So like I usually have a lot of drafts already. So now I, I usually keep around 30 drafts so that I will never feel discouraged to write because they're already half done. And throughout the day, I take notice about what's happening in the world, in my life. And then I pick the draft that I want to work on around 4 p.m. And okay. then that's when I actually start to complete that draft, publish it around uh, 7 to 8 it's good workflow. I was going to ask you a bit more about how you're using some writing apps in a moment. But before I do that, you described your themes and how they've evolved over the past nearly, I suppose it's nearly a year now. Did you find any particular types of articles resonated well with readers? So I would have to say there are two types of articles. One is where the growth comes from. A lot of the growth comes from me writing about product management career. But then that usually attracted people who are looking for a job like pretty anxious right and then i think that's not what i want to that's not the vibe i want to give my readers i never want to make them feel anxious so that's why i stopped writing about career even though it's really uh, helpful for the growth i think still 60 percent of my readers come from just that single series of posts and then i transition to life which i know will be maybe a slower burn but something that's more like uh, lasting in the long term and for that i think something's about sharing vulnerability and the real challenges online some part of that is appealing. <laughs> At least people like it. So for me, I'm figuring out along the way. But being really forefront about what I have tried, what has worked, what hasn't worked, actually build trust with the audience. And authenticity is one of the key values I really cherish in my work and my my marketing. So I think that that decision also achieved that goal. Substack is great to use, but it's difficult to build an email list of subscribers. What's working for you? I actually didn't build my newsletter, email newsletter on Substack. So uh, that goes back to the career one. I used ConvertKit, an email series, to build that initial traction. And I think for me, bringing that initial traction, thousands of people onto Substack is a lot easier than starting from scratch. So those people just refer people to me. And then I also wrote guest posts somewhere. So it's a combination of every strategy, really. I didn't know what actually worked, but I'm pretty sure the email series on ConvertKit attracted a whole bunch of people. And then some of them stick, some of them didn't because I no longer write about career. But I think that's a, that's how I started. How did you get them onto your ConvertKit list? I just wrote a LinkedIn and say, hey, I'm going to share how I got a product management offer at age 18 many years back. And I think yeah. that in itself is a grabbing title that people just sign up. Yeah, fantastic. That would work very well for LinkedIn. Yeah. How do you find ConvertKit versus Substack? So I think ConvertKit is pretty much an email marketing platform. If you have a consistent offer you want to sell, if you have a funnel set up, ConvertKit is great. Substack, though, I think it's more 
purposeless or you don't really know what you're trying to get out. You're just trying to write because you love writing. Um, and I think if you're like that, self like is great. Have you turned on paid subscriptions? So my paid subscription is on, uh, I think, around October last year. My way of seeing that is actually quite different. So I use that to communicate to my coaching client because I'm too lazy to have another newsletter for them. Like <laughs> I don't want to do another list or another convert kit because I was like, it's yeah. free, right? So I basically just put up the paid one, hoping no one will subscribe because I don't want to reveal the secret uh, on the internet, but people still do. And it's kind of a passive way for me to keep in touch, keep an open channel with like you know, 50 people I coach and then uh, having a larger list of people I talk to every week. When you're researching your articles, I see you use Notion. Would you be able to describe your process for using Notion for managing your workflow? So I have to be honest, I use both Rome Research a lot these days, plus Notion. I think, uh, and I can talk about both of them, but let's start with Notion first. So Notion is something that most of my information and knowledge set. A lot of them are notes taken back in the days, like just the four and a half years notes I mentioned at the very start. But for Notion, I think the secret really lies in two things. One is that you can label each page with the tag and, and sort it effectively. So for me, that page of writing has thousands of tags. And fortunately, they make the table a little faster now. So it's actually where, where I can manage that it at scale. If I want to write it by emotion, I just search for the tag emotion, and then I read everything I have in the past. Sometimes I combine posts I have. Sometimes I like actually flesh out one and then make it two. So it depends on what is in my draft. But I usually work on ideas that I have written before, but either didn't want to flesh out or didn't have the information to flesh out. Are you writing in Notion? So I understand you correctly. So I combined a very rough draft in Notion and then I yeah. bring to soft sack. So okay. yeah, so I think I have everything I need first and I just gather that in Notion. And then on like I do the editing and writing, yeah. really. When I tried Notion about a year ago, I found the blocks quite difficult to use for writing. Was that an issue you had? It's actually not that bad for me because a lot of my stuff is in blocks. So for me, I'm not editing within blocks and then transitioning. I'm more arranging blocks to make sure the flow is right. right? And then once I have the blocks in order... I bring them to the writing platform, either Southside or Google Doc, if I want to get other people's feedback. Any other benefits of Notion? The other one is if you want to, it's really easy to talk to your other information. So if you have books that you book notes you have, if you have like team that you want to, so so I have a team that helps me as well. So if you want to collaborate with others, it's actually a fantastic platform because it has every single thing. Like it has things on project management to database to CRM, like really everything. But if you're just personal usage, I actually recommend Rome Research because it's more writing focused. Uh, it's less about structure. It's more about just ideas connecting with each other. Rome Research is a relatively new app. Could you describe how you use it? So Rome Research for me is where ideas emerge. So I usually have a lot of templates I created either for my morning practice, morning journal, or for my free writing, my thought routines. And then I set out a Pomodoro, which is actually a built-in feature on Rome. 15 minutes, five minutes, I just write everything. What, after I write that, I go back to the things and then in Rome, you can highlight and use that as an obvious link within other pages. So I will go back to what I have written, maybe highlight, oh, this today I talk about emotional fitness. Maybe I talked about imposter syndrome and then I just highlight those. And then I can see every time I mentioned or referenced 
imposter syndrome uh, ever and then just tie them all together. So that's why I say you don't need much structure to start. You just need yeah. stuff. And then connecting the stuff is what Rome does, right? And then you can use that to create something, uh, maybe connecting the dots that you didn't see before. And that's why I think it's really powerful when you don't know what structure you're playing with, go there and see what happens. Did it take you long to build your library in Rome Research? No, for me, I actually is pretty, I, I like to do things pretty lightweight. So for Rome, I was really careful to not confuse my use of Notion and Rome. So I was pretty, pretty clear that I will only use it for journaling and free writing. Yeah. So when you free write, you know, like every day you can easily write a few pages. So after I think like a week, I have a sizable amount of stuff to link to connect. And since my interest is pretty much like the same, um, they talk to each other as well. Okay. Okay. And then when you're using Notion, how polished do you like the draft to be before you move it to Substack? Minimum, minimum. Like I don't even have the right language to start i don't even have the right story i only have the biggest outline there in notion because the block is easy to drag and drop but as you know as you noted it's a lot you feel like your flow is breaking when you're writing from one block to another right and i don't want that to happen in my writing i want it to flow as a whole so once i have an outline i just bring to stop stack you've also come up with something called topic forests could you describe what they are topic forest is my way of organizing information such as psychology economics like every single topic every single like say topic such as economics finance it's, it's a tree basically and when every tree are put together when you see a page of uh, say psychology work product management work that made out of forest so topic forest is just my way of saying how i see every information together because i like to switch from bird eye view like seeing everything all at once and then going deep into one tree and seeing what's on the tree, what's the information I store in that tree. So it's my way of making information fun and digestible. With somebody who's got so much research and so many ideas, how do you decide what to write next? It's pretty much my intuition. So um, I, of course, I, I would look at what people were asking for or what I had promised my reader because I usually would have an intuition and I would promise them to write something next week. So that usually take care of itself. The other thing is uh, a good way for me to see whether I want to write is I just start writing. Sometimes it would, if it doesn't work, it just stopped. Like I couldn't write anything after like 30 minutes and I would just switch to another topic. So there are times when I will switch three to four topics before I publish one essay one day. So it's, it's pretty unstructured the process, but I think my, my brain or my, my heart knows what I'm doing. Yeah, it's part intuition, part analytical. Yeah. Are you still publishing on Medium as well on LinkedIn? Medium and LinkedIn are more for distribution. So stuff that I want people to see or stuff I really want people to see. Let's put it that way. And stuff like is, I think, more of a private space where the thought is something really raw. I just want to test. I don't want to like broadcast or blast it to the majority, right? So that's where I do with my most writing. LinkedIn and Medium is generally... LinkedIn is a bit more like crafted because I want to make sure that people scroll and stop and then they will see what's in there. Medium, though, is more of a publication. I still have a few publications that uh, had me out as an editor, writer. So I sometimes will like just write and submit to them. And, and that has good reach as well. But very rarely, I would say maybe only 1% or less of my writing goes there. So Model Breakers, your book should be out by the time of this interview. Could you tell us what the book is about? Yeah, so Model Breaker is about breaking through the stereotypes people have for you and helping you embrace your core values 
which is really hard at workplace and in life. So for that book, I started from a family letter to my brother because we don't really talk that often, and I want to share the wisdom from others I gather as he come to U.S. for college. And we grew up in Taipei. So after writing that, my publisher basically said, "Hey, you're writing about something bigger than your family. It's actually about a generation of people who couldn't be them full self." So that's why we pivot to model breaker, breaking away from the model minority stereotype for Asian American, but also、uh, it's broader than that. And using four key pillars to embrace who you are, to know yourself, be yourself, to take the risk to tell your own story, and being okay with not being okay. So it's a pretty practical playbook on how you can apply those lessons to your life. Are those four key pillars ideas that you developed on your newsletter? So those are separate, actually. So I feel like I have two writing life in twenty. Wow, you've a lot. <laughs> yeah, I have two different writing projects. One、yeah. is just Living OS, the, the newsletter. The other one is the book, and they're entirely separate. I don't think there's if any overlap at all because the book is so focused on the stories of others, the research, and the the newsletter is myself. So basically, maybe there is some theme that I borrowed implicitly, but the entire focus is different. Okay. Okay, how did you find the book writing process? If it's different to your newsletter, it's very different and it's very structured. Thanks、yeah. to my publisher, because if you can tell, my way of newsletter is a lot of intuition driven. I just write about what I'm interested. But the、yeah. book one, I have a lot of editors, and they have they have their opinions, they have their feedback, right? So every week,、uh, there is a goal to hit with them. It's a lot about words, so I think I had to write to five fifty thousand words. And then like revise it all down.、Uh, for the writing is like I don't know one five hundred words every day. Like I don't really know what what's there. And also for the book, a lot of structure are given. So for example, the first research,、uh, the first three chapters of research, and like why now the urgency are structured in a way that book usually are like how Malcolm Gladwell writes, right? Like I usually look at book model and how they structure the book, and I take the best insight first time author. The other playbooks one、uh, is pretty. It's structured in a way that starting from a really inspiring story that people never heard before, go、yeah. into the struggles and it goes through the hero journey Dante had and the Divine Comedy really. So that's basically how、uh, structured the book is. Versus newsletter is, I would say, little to no structure、uh, if any. Is the book broken into three acts? Yeah. So the book is broken into three parts, but not as, the same as Dante. So. The、yep. book,、uh, the first is just the the background. What are stereotypes there? The history of model minority, the history of stereotypes.、Uh, the second part is about breaking through it, right? So kind of like like the cleansing part, where you're trying to use those tools and seeing how people success and fail at at each of them, and then finding your own way with exercises at the end. The final part is case studies on people people actually applying to their life. And things you can directly use for yours as well for people in high school, for people in college, at work, in their later career, creative career. So it's in three parts, but not direct match. Okay. And how did you find the editing process? You mentioned you had a lot of feedback from your publisher. Yeah, I, I would say it's a lot. I spend a lot of time on editing, and I think if I were to say three to four, three to five hours with editors every week. Outside of the with meeting call, we also have a lot of conversation、uh, online. But I would say writing a book is a it's a really long term thing, and、yeah. it's not financially rewarding. So some many people give up. And I think、yeah. if it weren't for the editor, I can see one or two 
points where I would give up because I have so much going on in my life. I don't, yeah, the book is not defining who I am. But I think the editor is someone who believed and saw the entire messy draft come into life and see the potential. And I think that really meant a lot. When someone who read as much as you did with your own crappy work, love it. I think it says a lot about how people could perceive the work. So I think it's hard, spend tons of time, but I think it's actually emotionally rewarding through the process. It sounds like you went to your own version of the hero's journey with the book. Yes. I went to my home version <laughs> of the hero's journey many times, many times, at least, yeah. <laughs> at least three times uh, throughout the book. Yeah. Okay. Well, your, so your book will be out now, but at the time of recording this interview, you're getting ready to launch it. Do you have any activities planned to promote it? Yeah, so we have a lot of workshops held uh, and the workshop are in 60 minutes will help you find your life values. And that is held at many companies in the Valley. But if you are interested in the workshop, I recommend going to the website livingos.org slash breakers, model breakers, the breakers, and you'll find all the details. And also the book will be in special price in the first, first 30 days. So yeah, it's I think it will be exciting and I can't wait to share more. Yeah, fantastic. It sounds like a great read. I'm also curious, like when I started writing and I was working a day job, I sometimes felt nervous about what my employer would think if they realized I was writing on the side. As it turned out, my boss uh, was also an author, so they were really supportive. But did your colleagues have any reactions to your writing? Or did you at any point feel nervous about working a, you know, a busy day job and then having a side project? Yeah, so I think... There are two points, and this actually helped answer the question I see very early, which is I transitioned from career writing to life, partially because I don't want to have any conflict of interest in my work. So yeah. that's why I made the switch. It's, it's pretty much out of necessity, but ended up working well for me. And I think it's because I made that switch that from career to life, people actually always are fascinated when they found out I'm writing on the side since it's everything about stuff they don't hear about me about me at work. And I yeah. even have a colleague found out, I think, 10 months after we worked together. And she's like, why don't you tell us? Like, this is so interesting. I feel like <laughs> I wasted 10 months not talking to you about this. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I don't know everyone. I don't know the boundaries. I am trying to navigate a new lens. But yeah. overall, everyone is impressed and amazed and supportive when they hear about my, my psychic. Yeah, yeah. Plus, like you said before, writing helps you with your day job because you learn how to communicate more clearly through the written word as well, which is a good skill to have in any job. Yeah, and I think that's something that's acquired. That's acquired, I will have to say. I have to say, I used to write a lot of fluffy words because I thought that's how you hit the work on in, in college. <laughs> and then after college, I realized that people's attention span needs to be respected. And that's yeah. why I'm always trying to write the most amount of like, knowledge or insights in the least amount of words so they can skim it what one of the readers say every time they will always open my newsletter because they can always know that they'll get something out in five minutes like that's how direct and effective i want it to be because there are too many long form too many advice out there that i don't have to be another one i just want to help the people who are who are following along the journey to get something out of life if somebody was considering starting a newsletter and they want to write nonfiction, what advice would you give them? Follow your interests. Chase your curiosity. Like, no, just notice whatever interests you in life and write about that. Because I think it's really hard to, it's really overwhelming to start somewhere at first. 
And it's impossible to write about things you don't love in the long term. So given those two really hard constraints, why not just pick about things you love, be it games, be it like anything really, and just follow that interest and trust that 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 interest will take you somewhere. That's how I did it. And any advice if they were saying, I, ju- I don't have time for this, you know, I'm, I'm pretty busy. So I think people make time, you know, it's kind of like, I always say time is an excuse because there's yeah. always things you can either be more efficient, say no to, or prioritize in life. And I feel like for me, people don't tell me that because like they look at my schedule and then they wouldn't tell me that excuse. And I was like, well, if you were saying that you don't have time, I probably don't have, I don't even have time to even talk about this, right? So I think it's really how you want to make time. If you have a busy family, maybe waking up an hour early to just write, maybe you have a busy day job, then maybe take an hour break because you need a break and just to audio yeah. and dictate what you want to write. There are so many forms of writing. It doesn't have to be sitting straight up typing. It could also be just talking to people and then recording yourself. Or it can be transcribing when you're out for a walk, exercising. So I think it's, it's really about how do you want to make time for writing? And it's writing something you want to prioritize. It, it's cool if it's not, but be really clear about what's your priority and where writing sits in that priority, I think will solve the problem. You mentioned transcribing. And I also read in your workflow, you use a transcription service called Otter AI. What's your experiences with that? How do you find it? So that's actually a pretty accurate transcription. I think transcription really bugs me when it doesn't transcribe whatever I'm saying. I've had uh, some problems with it because of my Irish accent. It tends to mishear the, the words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and it forces me to speak clearly, right? Because I yeah. have to transcribe. So I think that's a good thing. The other one is it's just so easy to use. And I not only do that for writing, but also when I was interviewing people for the book, when I'm coaching uh, people under their consent, I will transcribe and share the recording with them because people love to see what goes out out of their mouth without consciousness. So it works pretty well. Uh, The only thing is that don't transcribe everything because it's really hard to look back and you will look at the 15 minutes speech you have and feel lost. I usually have a way to structure my dictation. I'll say, okay, uh, say now I'm talking about creative writing. Then I talk about creative writing and then I will pause and then I will signpost it differently. Okay, okay. So are you transcribing using your phone? I transcribe with my phone because that no one will hear that. So it's yeah. just me. But if I were to like record, then I will do my laptop with this Mac setup. Yeah, you, yeah. I know people can't see it, but you have what looks like a studio quality mic and a pop filter. So it's a good setup. Yeah, it's for my, my husband's thing. So that I, I just use this mic. All right. Oh, very good. <laughs> so, you're, so you're both creative. So Charlene, where, where can people find more information about you, your book, Model Breakers, or your newsletter? So the best place for everything about me is livingos.org, L-I-V-I-N-O-S dot, dot O-R-G, org, and newsletter, livingos, the same one, dot substack.com. So I don't know if we could have a link in the bio, uh, and I hope that people can find me either way. Certainly, yeah, I'll be sure to put the links in the bio and good luck with your book launch. It's very nice to talk to you. Yeah, very nice talking to you. Thank you, Brian. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please consider leaving a short review on the iTunes store or sharing the show on Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you're listening. 
More reviews, more ratings, and more shares will help more people find the Become a Writer Today podcast. And did you know for just a couple of dollars a month, you could become a Patreon for the show? Visit patreon.com forward slash become a writer today or look for the support button in the show notes. Your support will help me record, produce, and publish more episodes each month. And if you become a Patreon, I'll give you my writing books, discounts on writing software, and on my writing courses. Thank you.